Welcome to the Rooted Wings podcast. This is the table of the resistance. You are welcome here. Pull up a chair. Thank you guys so much for joining this community tonight. I am just um, beyond honored to have each of you on to share your story and to talk about what's happening in San Diego, California. We have a huge audience that isn't just entirely in San Diego. So I think it's important for people to hear the stories of what's happening here on the ground and then to talk about what, um, what the resistance looks like in San Diego. So with that, I have Paul is one of our amazing heroes in San Diego. He is a firefighter and I'm gonna let you share um, about you. And then I also have Jerry, who is another one of our heroes, San Diego firefighter. And then Amy Reichart is with Reopen San Diego. And um, I'm gonna turn it over right now to Paul and Jerry. So Paul, could you share with us just a little bit about who you are and um, why you are on the Rooted Wings live tonight? Yeah, thank you for that kind introduction. Um, I'm on Rooted Wings tonight because I want to bring attention to what's going on in San Diego and all across the country. And we've been following really closely with LA. Uh, again, my name is Paul. I'm a 10 year firefighter with San Diego Fire Rescue Department. Um, something that's really important to me is, you know, my, my family, my wife, we've been married 18 years and we have three, um, wonderful daughters and I'm going to segue into that at some point, but that is a main driver for what I'm doing. Uh, what's going on in San Diego is December 1st, we have a mandate to be vaccinated. Otherwise, um, we, we enter into a 30 day period where the discipline starts at the end of the 30 days and we have a lot of feelings around that because leadership is alive to protect all those within reach of its influence. And the city can't be run once you terminate all of its employees and you're failing at your job protecting the citizens once you do that. And there's a lot of fire and police who do not have that. And to us, it's not just a vaccine issue. It's a freedom to choose issue. Um, freedom over our body, bodily autonomy, civil rights, human rights. So that's a little bit about who I am. And uh, I'll, I'll pass it on to um, someone else. Jerry, why don't you share with us about you and who you are and what you have done in San Diego um, for 17 years here? So my name is Jerry. I work for San Diego City. I'm a firefighter engineer. Like you said, I've been on for 17 years. I've been lucky enough to do everything from create a women's empowerment camp where young women and men get to be firefighters for a weekend. I've been part of recruitment, part of training. I'm a paramedic. I've taught at paramedic school. I was one of the first women to serve on Local 145, which is our union board. I've been health and safety. So I've had a really cool career. And I think it's been fun. And it's just unfortunate that this is how my career is going to end. You know, mm -hmm. the city's offering us medical or religious exemptions. Um, unfortunately, I don't believe I can get a medical or religious exemption. So December 1st is my deadline because I will fill out a philosophical. But to end my career after what I think was been an amazing career due to just being able to say my body, my choice is disheartening. My significant others, a uh, captain, firefighter. We have two young kids and it's our life. Like nobody comes into this career thinking, what am I going to do next? Like it's a lifetime career. And now we're being forced to make a decision between our body and our right and a paycheck to feed my children. 
Mm. I'm so sorry for what's happening. I say that often when I bring these heroes on to my show, but I truly am so sorry. It is so wrong what is happening. And my hope in sharing your story is that it will help people see the human side to this, that this isn't just about numbers. It's not about, oh, we lost a number of our frontliners, but these are actual people with families who have put their blood, sweat, and tears into uh, being career protectors of us. And now we're turning around and shunning them. It just, it's so incomprehensibly wrong. And I'm so sorry um, for, to both of you for what is happening. Um, so this is coming down, is this from San Diego County or is this a city, the December 1st deadline? Where is it coming from? It's a city mandate. So initially it was November 1st, we'd all have to be fully vaccinated or submit an exemption. They backed it up to December 1st. And I think part of that is because logistically they don't know how to do it. We have over a hundred police, a hundred firefighters. We have over 500 police officers and close to a thousand city workers who are saying, we do not want to get this vaccine. And we all have our own reasons. Um, I was infected. My husband was infected. My children were infected early on when we didn't know how to prevent this. I pulled antibodies the other day. I still have both, all my antibodies 10 months later. So I, at this time, don't feel it is necessary for me. We've been protecting the public for this whole time. And the thing that's crazy that people need to realize is we're safe to protect the public up till December 1st, but then December 1st, we're no longer safe. It just, the, the, the sanity doesn't make sense, right? The real safety issue, we, we are going into sick people homes, right? We mm -hmm. are protecting ourselves. We're not sick going in. We have protocols in place. We check our temperature. We have a crew that knows us like family. They know when we're not well. We don't come to work unwell. It's not an issue of us giving anything to the public. The mm -hmm. real safety issue is what's going to happen when you let go of all these city employees that are going to take years to replace. Well, and that's a, a massive concern. I know um, Mike Slater said today that one third of the San Diego police force is refusing the injection and is prepared to walk on December 1st. One third. I mean, how in the world did we get from 15 days or whatever that promise was to slow the spread to where we're now saying all those people that we called essential who when before we had any real knowledge of this virus and the disease and the threat, the, demo, the threat on demographics, we had no prevention. We didn't know prevention. We had no treatment options, really. We, we hailed these people as heroes. And now we're saying, come December 1st, we're going to lose a third of our police force and a chunk of our firefighters and city workers. How, how did we get to this place? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I don't know how we got to this place, but what I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, flat, take 15 days to flatten the curve. And what we have happening now is as this pandemic timeline continues forward, more and more evidence is coming out, um, bringing inconsistencies to the surface. And, and these inconsistencies really create suspicion uh, in, in, in the implementation of this and the reasoning for it. Um, we're starting to have evidence now showing things that were that are as completely opposite about, opposite of what they were talking about previously. Such as, uh, if you get the if you get the shot, you won't get it. If you if you uh, get the shot, you won't spread it. Well, now the CDC has come out and said that's not true. You can still get it and spread it. And we've experienced that amongst our friends and peers who have 
the Pfizer shots and and the Moderna shots, and they're getting COVID. So um, it's, it's highly suspicious to me that that um, all of this data is coming out. And I'm looking, I want more time because more and more data is going to start to change people's minds. We're already starting to see that uh, across the world. So, you know, we're starting to see countries just declare that the mm-hmm. pandemic is over where they are, and they're opening, opening their, their uh, countries up. And they're saying, hey, um, we had this emergency authorized um, answer to this. We gave it a chance. It's been 18 months or whatever. Uh, pandemic is done. We have multiple options, including a vaccine to go after this, this virus, but we are keeping it open to all these different options and we're reopening our economy. So well, I, I don't know why they're doing it, but um, those who are doing it, I think they're just following the uh, political agenda that they're in alignment with and they're not really playing, paying too close attention to the evidence and the data that's surfacing. Well said. One of the questions I get a lot and I see kind of float around is, especially for firefighters, uh, there are mandated shots, right, when you become a firefighter. So what makes this different and this maybe this time in your life different um, for you to not just go lockstep and say, oh, well, it's just another, you know, it's just another one. So we'll just go ahead and, you know, do lockstep and we'll, we'll go for it. We'll roll up our sleeve. What makes this different for you? And I, I don't know if you both feel the same. So I'll let both of you kind of share your thoughts on that, because that tends to be a pretty big pushback with, um, with, with this specific injection. So, I, I mean, when we sign up to be firefighters, we know exactly what's expected of us. We know the, the shots that are gonna be required. We know the, the, the challenges we're gonna take as a firefighter. We generally are not anti-vax, right? My concern for me and my family is we both, we all had COVID. I still have antibodies. There's been no long-term studies at all. There's been no long-term studies of the effects of a vaccine with somebody that has been infected. And all we're saying is, I still have natural immunity. I have protection. As long as I have protection, I would like the choice to say, I don't want that vaccine now. And now we're seeing that the vaccines are waning so quickly. And there's fire departments that have already said that we're going to follow CDC guidelines and that boosters are now fully effective. And you're not vaccinated unless you're boosted. One, two, three. How many times? This is a really slippery slope. When you sign up for a job, you have a certain expectation. The fact that they're changing the rules on an emergency authorization really concerns us firefighter, cops, and city workers because when's it going to stop? And is it truly about safety? Because more than half of the fire department and the city, all the COVID cases last month, there was just an article that said they're fully vaccinated. So why are you forcing individuals that have natural immunity, that have religious and medical exemptions, why are you coercing them to get a vaccine that is not going to protect the public? Mm-hmm. Well said. What about you, Paul? Yeah, that's a really good question. You're making me think about it. And it, although it's true that I don't remember the last time I had a vaccine, but it's not because, you know, I don't want to even get into the you know, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, because... Uh, for me, it's all about, and for San Diego Firefighters for Freedom and all of our chapters around the country, it's all about pursuing and supporting our constitutional rights 
and freedoms. Um, so this is something I was thinking about in April 2020 when I had an interview. And I said on the interview that I said, we have this pandemic and it's a, it's a huge piece of momentum that policymakers can use to push whatever policies they're going after right now. And when something arises in life and it's, and it's, mo and it's motivated and backed by fear and hastiness, for me, that's when I try to apply a little common sense in my life and say, well, let's just take a time out. Let's take a pause and really determine what is going on with this uh, fear. On the seat of every decision, you have one of two emotions. There's fear or love, I believe. And when fear is sitting on that seat, I try to just take a pause and uh, get down to the roots of what's happening. And, and a year and a half ago, this didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense that there was such a strong push for something that's supposedly never happened before, or at least it was portrayed as something that was so incredible that we have to take massive, hasty decisions uh, backed by fear. And, and that was inconsistent from anything I've ever, uh, ever done before. So that's why I initially just paused and said, wait, wait a minute, what's really going on here? And so I decided to get really tuned into what was happening and let some more information come. I'm a healthy person, my family's healthy, and never in the history of our lives have we been in a situation where um, we were in a place where, hey, we're going to be overcome by this, this pandemic or this plague or something else of biblical proportions that we are totally unprepared to face, when the reality is we are more pre prepared to face things in, in society today than we ever, ever have been. I, was, I, was, I'm a, I used to be on the hazmat team with San Diego, and when Ebola broke out in Africa, we were preparing here with, with all sorts of, of um, measures and and even that wasn't as hasty as this. So mm. um, thinking back to that, it really, it, none, of it, none of it made sense to me. Well, and when things don't make sense, it makes critical thinkers think a little deeper. <laughs> and yes. when the surface answers aren't answering the deeper questions, then I always say some, then there's something else out there that does answer it. And I think that is a common frustration right now is what is it? Because nothing's making sense. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up that if this is for your safety and for your health, then as a community of people, why are we getting rid of all of these frontline workers who were so valuable a year ago? It doesn't make sense unless there's something else in the background that does make sense. And that's an uncomfortable position to be in, especially when based on what they're telling you, they're saying, now go in and get this shot or you lose your job. You know, mm -hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about um, informed consent versus coercion, especially as frontline workers, both of you are. Um, when we keep hearing, well, they have choice, they have a choice. It sounds a whole lot like coercion. So can you guys talk about the difference between coercion and informed consent when it comes to this mandate and what we are seeing happening here across California and in other states? What, what are we seeing? Are we seeing choice or are we seeing coercion? Well, I don't, the word informed, the word informed alone, you know, it implies that there is information to be gathered and to be seen. And to have informed consent, uh, we need more information. And as the more information comes out, it starts to, it starts to show all these inconsistencies, just like what you pointed to. So um, I think, we need more time to get information to give our consent and to force this ahead of that uh, being backed by fear. It's, it's not informed consent. That's when it becomes coercion and 
coercion when, when you're being threatened with your job and especially a career like we have, which is very hard to get into. And you plan on being in for 20 to 30 years and maybe even longer. And by the end of that career, um, it's time to get out if you're still in operations because your body is physically, uh, you don't want the physically broken firefighter with the hips, knees, back, shoulders, and neck. Cause as those are all, those are the usual injuries that we have. And, and sometimes as we get closer to retirement, we usually start getting those all tuned up at the, on, on the operating table. So, threatening us to with termination that's coercion that that removes our choice it removes our freedom to choose what is best for us and our families and it, it puts the, our communities that we serve and protect and really love uh serving protecting because we care about them i love interacting with people when we go shopping at vons and they say hi how are you doing and i say we're doing great and i'm so happy that we get to serve you but uh, being coerced out of our opportunity to protect the citizens is very dangerous and I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about July of 2010 right now because I was waiting to become a firefighter. I had gone through the academy, but we shut. At that time, we had we had a hiring freeze in San Diego, and we browned out. That's what we call it when we shut down fire engines. So during that time, we shut down fire engines. We called it a brownout. And there were two significant events that I noticed and I read up on when when I was um, a reserve up in Valley Center waiting to come on with San Diego waiting for the brownouts to end so they could start hiring again. And, the, and, it, and I'm not going to go into do too much detail because it's very sad and, I'm, and I don't want the families to be potentially listening. Um, but there were two deaths in the city. And one, our then um, fire chief came out and said that the brownouts, the brownouts did have a, an effect on the death of this, of this individual. Hmm. And if we let go fire and police again, it's going to have effect on the citizens of San Diego. And that is not right. It is not protecting the people we care about. And I am deeply concerned about that. I'm deeply concerned as well. And uh, we're seeing it happen up in LA. Uh, we're seeing it. Beverly Hills, one of the firefighters I'm in touch with, he's constantly updating on the short staffing. They have clean now, clean and unclean vehicles that go out in, in LA up in Beverly Hills. And um, just the wait times, you know, that they can't respond because they don't have, uh, they don't have the, the proper staffing on the quote clean trucks and the unclean trucks can't be used. And it's just absolute madness. It's, it's, it's so obviously wrong what we are doing. It doesn't make sense scientifically. It doesn't make sense logically or even in the sense of like protecting the people. None of it nope. makes sense. None of it makes sense. Uh, I want to um, shift into talking about what you are doing in response to all of this, because you have um, created a chapter of Firefighters for Freedom, who I love, Jeff Burmeister. He was on a live with me early on when they just launched. And so he told me, we're going to get one in San Diego. And lo and behold, we now have a Firefighters for Freedom in San Diego, and you guys are a part of that. So share about what you are doing um, in San Diego with San Diego Firefighters for Freedom. Yeah, great men and women up there in LA who started Firefighters for Freedom up there. I'm really thankful for the support and this movement and this organization that they started and the mentorship they've been providing for us. So what we're doing here is we are organizing and we are establishing a platform where we can support, resource, and serve uh, fire police and other city workers who are going through this and fighting for their freedom of choice. We're going to come alongside them. We've teamed up with an incredible advocacy group who is huge. They're representing six, 60 different departments right now 
And I won't even give you the numbers of the members who have joined it right now because it's growing so fast. By the time you hear this, I'm, it's going to be inaccurate. So they are, did you they say are providing. It represents, uh, did you say 60 different departments? Six, 60 different departments and growing. Wow. So, and, and thousands and thousands of members are joining this advocacy group and are being legally represented by them. And, and they're, they are making some gains and they have powerful attorneys who are going to do really good. So we started San Diego Firefighters for Freedom to organize down here, to partner with our uh, brothers and sisters up there and across the country because we're growing and we've already spread across, across the country. There's already um, other chapters starting. And um, we're fighting for their constitutional rights. And something I believe and we believe is we do not want to leave, leave a legacy of freedom less than what we had and have right now to our children. So we're fighting for our children children and the generations to come so that we give them the same opportunities and the same same legacy of freedom in this country that we had. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, what, can you share with us a little bit more about how you created this? How many, um, I don't know if you can give me numbers, but what is it looking like as far as support goes with San Diego Fire for firefighters for freedom um, on the ground? Are you seeing it, uh, the numbers being added to frequently? What about those who chose to get the injection? Are they supportive of what you are doing? What, um, what are you seeing, Jerry, with all of that? Yes, um, so more of a grassroots movement that kind of started and we started gathering names and emails. And uh, thankfully, Paul came on board and we, had a we have a few others that came together and we were able to reach bigger people. Um, we now have MBA, we have PD, we have fire, and we're exponentially growing. I have many individuals that were okay with the first round of shots because they wanted to travel or they just at the time were like, I'm going to get driven down there on a fire engine. They're going to ask me to get the shot. I'm just going to do it and move on with my life. But now with the booster, I think we're going to have a lot more people on board. LA County just clarified that vaccinated will be whatever the CDC determined. Mm -hmm. So yep. we have a lot more jumping on board because it's a freedom of choice. And then as you know, with California, now they're trying to say all kids that go to school or need to be fully vaccinated. So the movement's growing. It's, uh, it's definitely moving in the right direction. Thank goodness for LA for kind of taking us under their wing. Thank you for the organizations that are helping us. PD is moving the force more than anything because they have a third of their department that is jumping on board. And really all we want to do is talk to the community because we feel that they are not getting the correct information. The only narrative that is out there is that we're going to have a fully vaccinated force, but they're not talking about what's going to happen when those individuals that don't want to get vaccinated, unfortunately are going to get fired. They're leaving a huge part of the story out. And that's what we really need to get to people is Everyone that cares about your safety in the community needs to contact Todd Gloria, needs to contact the fire chief, needs to contact the police chief, needs to contact city council and let them know that everything that's coming out is saying that vaccinated or not, you still can transmit and you can still get. So why are you going to put all these firefighters, cops and city workers fired, cost the city hundreds of thousands of dollars in lawsuits, paying out pensions, paying out 401ks. Economically, it makes absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. You said a lot of really important stuff in there, especially I think 
we, we need to start uh, leveraging the power of the people, right? We, we really do have the power. We have the power of um, complying or non-compliance and consent is huge of the governed. And so it's important for people to begin to, to speak against this. And I'm so frustrated with the, our elected public servants being cricket on this. Just, I haven't heard it from our legislature and it's happening in real time. And it's like, I don't, I get very frustrated because those who are elected to serve us and to defend our rights, that's their, that's their job they aren't speaking against this. So it's going to come down to the people, like you said, the people are going to have to get really comfortable being uncomfortable now. And um, even if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect you in the sense that it's targeting you, you know, uh, you're just a, a private citizen. It does affect you when the world around you is crumbling. And like you said, we might have a fully injected uh, firefighting, what do you call it, team staff, but, how many have we lost in order to hit that? You know, that's that those are the important details that we need to realize and we need to start actively speaking against. So this is a great pivot point to bring in Amy because Amy, you are doing that work. You are engaging uh, the community and you have something really special planned tomorrow for those of you who are watching or listening live. Um, why don't you share what you what you're doing? My name's Amy. I'm with Reopen San Diego and myself and co-founder Allie Hartman. She's watching. I saw you, Allie. Uh, we actually started as a, a group of moms and dads and we had kids who'd been trapped in front of screens for months. And we took a Facebook group and said, let's meet in person. And so we literally started meeting on the lawn first at Liberty Station, appropriate Liberty, and then Balboa Park. And as we started processing what the lockdowns were doing to us, we actually started building friendships and connections. So many people have lost connections and community and friendships uh, through the past 18 months. And we actually started getting involved and we had our very first rally 11 months ago when Gavin Newsom put us in the purple tier for the very first time. Everybody remember the color-coded tyranny system? So uh, that was our first rally. And then we had freedom markets where people could actually have uh, small business booths and support them through the lockdowns. We had speakeasies. We had comedy nights. We, we were just defying Gavin Newsom <laughs> every way we possibly could. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, we, but we've been very active also at the Board of Supervisors. Uh, as well as other groups too that are active in San Diego County. It's great. And one of the things we said at the last County Board of Supervisors meetings to Nathan Fletcher was, you know what? Every time you sucker punch us, we are gonna punch back with whistleblowers. And so we put the word out. And a couple weeks ago now, a group of law enforcement, San Diego Police Department and their spouses, firefighters and their spouses, lifeguards and their spouses actually approached us and said, you know what, we've never done a press conference before. Would Reopen San Diego organize one for us? And we were just blown away. We're like, oh my gosh, you guys protect and serve us. We would be happy to serve you. And so we've been having secret Zoom meetings 
planning tomorrow's press conference. And it will be tomorrow at San Diego City Hall. That's Friday, October 22nd at 3.30. And let me just say it again, San Diego City Hall. We normally meet down at the waterfront, but this one's going to be at City Hall. That's 1203rd Avenue. If everybody knows where the Civic Center Plaza is, there's plenty of parking. And here's what you can expect. There's probably going to be about a thousand people there or more. And you're going to hear from uh, San Diego Police Department spouses. You're going to hear from San Diego Police Department kids, right? They're going to tell their stories. Firefighters, their spouses, lifeguards, their spouses. And it's going to be, you know what, Mayor Todd Gloria? No, we're saying no, you cannot fire us. You cannot fire our protectors on December 1st, three weeks before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that's why the name of the press conference is Protect the Protectors. So we encourage everybody to come on out. Uh, something very special that police officers and firefighters are going to do is they're going to bring their work boots. Mm -hmm. And so, so far we have 200 that's 200 pairs of boots that will be on display to symbolize if they are fired by the city, we will have empty boots and an unprotected city. So I'm just inviting everybody, please go to reopensd.org to sign up for our newsletter. That's www.reopensd.org. And we are here on Instagram too as well at Reopen San Diego. And uh, Jerry, I, I know you through this and Paul through this. We've had many conversations on the phone. Thank you so much for your bravery and your courage. And, and, and Britt, I mean, I just remember hearing about you. Oh my gosh, Rooted Wings on Instagram. Did you see what she's posting? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not even on Instagram, what? I'm on Facebook. So I just got on Facebook a, a couple months ago. So uh, this is this is really special to me. And I just thank you, Britt, for doing this. And, you know, Paul and Jerry, just thank you so much for your strength and, and speaking out. You are, you know, holding the line for us. And I thank you. And that's, I'm just going to put all of my hope and trust in the Lord and all of the people that he has tapped on the shoulder uh, to come forward during this time and be brave. So thank you. Amy, I am so impressed with what you're doing. And I really feel like this is where it's at now. I think um, I, I say it often, if you are not actively speaking against what we are seeing, the deconstruction of our society in real time, then you are complicit and there is no longer any middle ground. And what you are doing in mobilizing the public to protect our protectors is so necessary right now. And this should be uh, something that goes viral in the sense that I want to see this replicated all throughout California and uh, all, all the way across our country. This is how we behave as free citizens against tyrants who are drunk on power that is not theirs. It's going to take everyone stepping in. And even if it's not you that's under attack personally, it's our brothers, it's our sisters, it's our freedom, it's our country. It's like Paul said, it's for the next generation. We, it, the time is now for us to step in 
and to protect those who are in the line of fire. And you guys, um, Paul and Jerry, have been on the line of fire as frontliners for a long time. And I just want to thank you so much for um, protecting us and serving our communities for so long, so selflessly, and for risking your lives on the daily for people who are now turning their backs on you. And I'm so sorry. And I hope that this is a wake-up call for people who maybe agree with you um, and feel like, yeah, it's not right, but I'm a nice person and I'm well-mannered, so I just don't want to get involved. You know, I'll just let them fight that battle. No, this is the time. The time is now to step in and, like Amy said, to protect our protectors, to start to get vocal, to go into your spheres of influences. If it's church, if it's a soccer team, if it's uh, if you work at a grocery store, wherever your spheres of influence are, start speaking against this. And it's okay to be in the minority. If that's the, if that's the concern that uh, everyone else thinks a certain way and I'm speaking anti-narrative, welcome to the freaking club. That's where it's at now. And you know, as you start to speak, you'll realize that we aren't the minority. There are millions of us, but so many have bit their tongue because they're concerned about what others are going to think or that it's gonna paint a target on your back. The target's already drawn. And if the target hasn't been drawn on your back yet, it's coming and it's going to come at rapid pace if you don't now step in and engage against this madness that's happening. So Amy, thank you so much for leveraging the community to do what's right and to be on the right side of history. And Jerry and Paul, I just want to honor you both and thank you so much for what you are doing in creating this San Diego Firefighters for Freedom and for truly holding the line and standing against this. Before we leave, I want to give um, all of you an opportunity to close us out just with some encouragement and to also just light a fire underneath people. So um, Jerry, I'll start with you. Why don't you give us just kind of your last words of fire for, um, no pun intended, fire for um, the community who's going to be watching uh, this on YouTube, Rumble, listening on Spotify. We're going to reach thousands with this. So what, um, what would you like to share? I challenge everyone to have a little compassion in this time. Everyone makes decisions based on medical choices for what's going on in their lives. And those choices shouldn't come at the livelihood of our jobs and putting food on the table. research. Go on VAERS and see how some vaccines do cause harm. They're not all safe and effective for everyone. I challenge you to go outside your comfort zone and call Todd Gloria 619-236-6330 and let him know and ask him, what's your plan when you fire all these firefighters, police officers, and city workers? I need to know your plan as my elected official. If you believe that vaccinating 100% of the workforce is the most important thing, what's your plan with the staffing? What's your plan with the city? We have fire departments that called the police last week for three different incidents and they had no PD to respond. And that's us calling. Now imagine what happens when somebody breaks into your house or you have a fire at your house. Where do you really gonna hold the line at your home and say, are you vaccinated? Or are you gonna ask and plead for a police officer and firefighter in full PPE to come and save you? I just ask, have compassion at this time, know that people are making educated decisions for their family. And we, at this time, after being heroes for the last 
18 months, we don't want to be zeros. We want to continue to support, protect, and do the job that we have been trained to do for you. Thank you, Jerry. Paul? Yeah, there's three groups I want to honor, and I want to recognize that something when your uh, the people in the comments said they they mentioned the those who already have received the shot, and I just want to honor all the individuals who immediately those who receive the shot. I want to honor you for signing up uh, for this lawsuit that we're entering into, even though you've already received the shot. I honor your decision to support us, and also your your um, recognition of what's to come, and it's not just about receiving the shot it's about our choice the other group i want to honor and i want to say thank you to to all the city workers who don't get recognized as much because they're not fire or police you are powerful and your numbers are bigger than all of ours and i just want to honor all of you who have already stepped up and i'm excited to see you come and join us in the in, in the future down the road here and we are here to support you as much as anybody else and the last group i want to honor are the the fathers and mothers i want to honor you fathers and mothers who someday in the future, you're going to be able to look your sons and daughters in the eyes and say, say, children, I put your freedom above my paycheck. And I'm going to leave it at that. You're going to make me cry at the very end. <laughs> yeah, that's so important. So important. Amy, take us home. Give us a, a good um, encouragement and uh, stiffen some spines out there. You know, I think one of the things that I've really seen and experienced myself is how the past 18 months have just torn apart friendships and even family members over some of the issues that we've been talking about tonight. And so if anybody is listening right now, I just want to reach out to you and I just want to encourage you that there is a community of like-minded people you know, it's a safe community, reopen San Diego. If you've never been to a, a press conference, you know, come out tomorrow and support the firefighters and the police and the lifeguards and the city workers. But here's what you're going to get in return. It's going to be transformative. When I first got involved in reopen San Diego, I had no idea how it was going to transform me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically, being able to speak truth in a world that is not listening and standing your ground, it, it'll change you for the good. I've lost 40 pounds, okay? I mean, I just feel like I am living what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, this is my purpose. This is my calling. And I know that the people that are listening right now, you feel as passionately and strongly as all of us. And so I already know that people that are listening and watching, you are doing something. And thank you. Maybe some of the people that are watching and listening, you've been to a rally. You've, you've been to a march. And you, you've been doing the hard work. And I just want to thank you for what you've been doing. And if you're listening and you haven't taken that first step yet to, to reach out, but you really want to, just know that there are opportunities. And again, I just want to invite you to go to reopensd.org. We actually have small groups. We have a hiking group. We have a yoga group. 
We have a healthcare workers group. We have a teachers against mandates group. So right now, tonight, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling isolated because of what you believe, you can literally change that. Come out tomorrow, support these great people, and I promise it'll be transformative. It will change you and it'll change the world. Yeah, I agree. And I say it a lot, but I truly believe that the awakening is in San Diego. And if we can win San Diego, if we can find our way home here and stand for what's right here, then we will begin that awakening that will then cross throughout our country and across oceans. I, tr I firmly believe that. That's why I'm fighting like I'm fighting. Um, Jerry and Paul, can you let people know how they can support your efforts with San Diego Firefighters for Freedom and how they can um, follow along your journey and find you even, also for city workers, police officers who may just now be hearing about you for the first time? Yeah, on Instagram, we're SD Firefighters number four freedom. That's SD Firefighters number four freedom. And there is a link similar to Linktree where you can go and you can donate to our, our advocacy group who is supporting us. I'll have that up uh, within five minutes after we're off here. In addition to that, we, are, we have filed our paperwork to become a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. And we will be, um, we will have an operating account there where we will uh, gather our donations and funds. And at this point, the majority of those funds are going to go to uh, supporting our legal fees. And however else we, um, we determine is appropriate to support those who are in this fight with us and need that little extra something right now. So Instagram, SD Firefighters number four, Freedom. And that's, that's the best way to get a hold of us right now. Thank you all so much for joining this community and for sharing your story and for being the righteous resistance in this madness. I honor you and I hope that um, many, many, many who are going to hear this and listen to it will be there tomorrow. And if they're in a different state or a different county, that they begin to push back like you guys are. You are um, courage breeds courage and you are courageous warriors. And I just... Um, the story is not over yet. And I believe in redemption and we are going to fight until redemption comes. Uh, and we are going to stand on the right side of history and put our flag there. So I'm standing with you. I'm proud to stand with you. I'm honored to fight to protect you as you've protected us for so many years in San Diego. And um, I just want to leave it at that. I, um, I really thank you for joining us and for what you're doing in San Diego. We will stay in touch and um, watch how this thing shakes down. And one more time before we leave, Jerry, give us the number for Todd Gloria, the mayor of San Diego. So 619-236-6330. If you can't get a hold of Todd Gloria, contact your city council, contact your fire department, contact your police department through a non-emergency number. Let them know your concerns in the city. It's the only way this is gonna change. Thank you all so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us at the Table of the Resistance on the Rooted Wings podcast.